Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you kissing cuties, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah, and with me as always is Carla. Thank you, Leah. Hey, write to us right now if you're really sick of this shit, but (laughs) we could make a radical sex, which is drinking game, you know, like (laughs) every time one of us sings or swears or says pussy, take a drink. That's right. But you might write to us and there's no promising that we're going to (laughs) stop. Yeah, we already said this early on. It'll take money. So send your funds. (laughs) Turn in your bottles. Get that money back pay us off. Anyways, today we have a topic that might be a new that might be new to many of you, the practice of carezza. Carezza, which comes from the Italian word for caress, refers to a lengthy lovemaking session involving touching, stroking, fondling and gazing, but not orgasming. Orgasming? Not orgasming. <laughs> In our fast-paced society where the average time between penetration and orgasm around the world is only 5.4 minutes, Carezza can be the alternative to extend pleasure and increase intimacy. Yeah, so I first think we just have to comment on the 5.4 minutes. I know, right? What the fuck? Yeah, and who's orgasming exactly in 5.4 minutes? Where were these studies um, taken from? You're the you're the timekeeper in the room and go. Yeah, exactly. And so remember, though, that's the average. So half of the people that were being timed uh, came in under 5.4 minutes. (laughs) Hey, we got to go back to work and (laughs) feed the kids, do the dishes. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess impressive, you know, if you can pull it off. I guess so. So why don't you get into the fascinating history of Carezza? Yes. Okay. So um, Carezza is, as you said, it's this, this kind of practice of really slow, intentional sex. And we find references to slow sex in other cultures, um, specifically the tantric tradition. But this particular technique that was coined by this incredible woman named Alice Bunker Stockham, uh, and she wrote a, a book about it actually in 1896. Oh, ahead yeah. of her time. Yeah, absolutely. And she's like a really remarkable person. And so before I get into the technique and all of that, I wanted to share a little bit about her. So she was um, an obstetrician and gynecologist from Chicago, and she was the fifth woman to become a doctor in the United States. Wow. Yeah. So pretty amazing. I'm and already so- a fan. Yeah, exactly. So can you imagine medical school at that time? Oh, God, it must not for her it must have sucked. Yeah. Um, she lectured against the use of corsets by women. And because uh, they sound I mean, as pretty as they are. And I know some of you listening might be corset fans, because there's kind of a resurgence of all that. But I think for most women, they were pretty brutal to wear. So she was against use of corsets. And she advocated uh, complete abstinence from alcohol and tobacco. And she also believed in women's rights. 
I don't know about the alcohol and tobacco because uh, drinking and smoking can be pretty fun sometimes. I agree. They can be pretty fun. <laughs> I think, though, remember what time she what, remember, you know, this is like the end of the 1800s. Of course, of course. But like she was, you know, this she wrote this book. She was the first. Well, I guess. OK, she was a doctor. This is what I'm forgetting here. I'm all gung ho yeah. on the women's rights and doing what you want to do. But she was a doctor. So I could see where she's like, don't drink and smoke. And I kind of feel, I mean, of course, like women were drinking, probably not smoking that much, but she probably saw a lot of the negative effects of the use of alcohol absolutely around her. So anyway, um, so Stockholm was very concerned with the economic plight of divorced women with children and prostitutes who wanted to get off the street. And she felt that these women really had no marketable skills and they weren't really able to support themselves. So she had this book that she'd written another book called Tocology. And this was a, a layperson's guide to gynecology and midwifery. And she printed this book privately and gave it to, we'll call it, quote, this is like her term, unfortunate women, so that they could uh, sell door to door in Chicago. Wow. And each copy, yeah, came with a bound in certificate signed by Stockham and entitling the bearer to a free gynecological exam. No way. That, wow. So ahead of her time. You yeah. can tell us all not to smoke and drink all you want. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, she also advocated for gender, gender equality and male and se- uh, female sexual fulfillment as, a, as essential for successful marriages. And this is where the whole practice of Caretza comes in. She sounds pretty fantastic and fascinating. Um, was she the first Westerner to talk about sacred sex and withholding orgasm? No. Um, so there were other 19th century variants of Tantra that were being advocated. So, you know, Tantra kind of made this move into the West in the 1800s. And so there were a few uh, men. So John Humphrey Noyes, uh, Pascal Randolph, and John William Lloyd um, were talking about, yeah, Tantra and withholding orgasm. But but Alice Bunker Stockham was the first writer to promote sexual equality in Tantra. And what makes this especially interesting and important is like one, of course, she that she's a woman, but that the tantric texts and these other Westerners that were talking about, you know, withholding orgasm were really only focused on the male controlling orgasm. And because, yeah. <laughs> so really uh, just the male having this sexual spiritual experience, because the whole idea of withholding orgasm is to kind of move it from the more like physiological experience to a real spiritual experience. So What's interesting is that this really comes from like two, I'll call them misogynistic biases. And and we actually also find this in Tantra. So the first one is, is that females can't have a religious or spiritual experience. So why bother teaching them? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And number two is that women are already so holy and sacred uh, that they need, uh, they didn't need to learn or do anything to be spiritual, which you know, sounds in one way, maybe we're elevating women kind of in a certain way, but it's actually misogyny disguises worship. And effectively, like for both of these things, the end message is the same, that men must learn to control orgasm, but women don't have to. Yeah, those are like two different ends of the spectrum. You can't have religious and spiritual experiences. Why bother teaching them? But you're so holy. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like we got all the bases covered. So yeah, we're good. We're good. Let's just think about penises. Yeah. So what Alice Stockham clearly 
clearly stated that if, if men will benefit spiritually from learning to control their orgasm response, then of course women will also. And that's why it's really important. Go Alice. Yeah. So she argued that draining a woman's basin of sexual desire through allowing her to have orgasm. So the whole idea with withholding orgasm is the man kind of retains his seed and then he recirculates that energy, that sexual energy within him. And in the tantric tradition, it's kind of, it was described that women can have these um, unlimited orgasms and they kind of have this capacity to, yeah, experience multiple orgasms, but that there is an energy loss that happens from that. Um, so what Alice Stockham was arguing is that if a woman drains her basin of sexual desire by having all of these orgasms and leaving the man's basin full, because he's like, of course, withholding orgasm and, and keeping all that sexual in energy within himself, it, it produces an inequality that over time creates friction within the couple. So the man, she described him as becoming like a psychic leech who would continually, <laughs> no one or two of those. Yeah. I like it. A psychic leech who, oh, who yeah. yeah, just would keep the woman drained off of her sexual energy while basking in the spiritual luxury of his own overflowing basin of sexual magnetism. <laughs> so from the male perspective, like this is what she says is that he would begin to see the woman, um, as being like this drained or empty vessel. And then that would cause him to lose respect or desire for her. And the woman would come to see the man as a provider of pleasure who withhold withholds his own pleasure. Um, and she would begin to feel powerless and resentful of that dynamic in the relationship. So th this is like a projection. I am not saying that this is what may happen in your own relationship. I think that things have changed and evolved, of course, in the last hundred plus years, but this is <laughs> yeah. her, this was her stance on, on why it was important for both women and men to, to do this practice, not just men. I can get behind that. I mean, like I said, we've already said it a couple of times. She was ahead of her time. She was seeing things differently. She wanted that equality, you know, and especially if she's reading like sexual textbooks where everything is very much like male-based, you know, she had that step in the door to, you know, think for women and be like, mm, but there's also this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's, I, she's just remarkable, really like. No kidding. Someone should make this. a movie about her. Yes, I agree. Oh, I the, agree. Your, her eyes just lit up. You can't tell at home, dear listeners, but <laughs> Carla's like Victorian let's and sex. Let's go. <laughs> <gasps> so true. You know me well. <laughs> so Alice Stockham said that there were three conditions for a couple to have sex whenever and as often as they wanted. So what are they? Okay. So the first is that sex should be preceded by some form of spiritual dedication. And so um, I think this, this really sounds like making sex, you know, ceremonial and, and that the act of sex begins even before, like, you know, you come together physically. So she recommended writing love letters and making dates, uh, spending at least an hour uh, before making love away from the children. That's a good idea. <laughs> that is a good idea. Not that I have kids, but I'm down for that. <laughs> uh, lighting candles, sharing a glass of wine, reading poetry and other romantic gestures. So yeah, I'm on board for that foreplay. Yeah. Foreplay, the foreplay of foreplay. The four. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, then the second, the second condition was that if a couple did not want to have children, they should not have orgasms during the woman's fertile time. And so remember, there were no birth control pills uh, or diaphragms uh, when she wrote, and get this, condoms were legal. Oh, so almost what we're getting back to down in America <laughs> right now. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, okay. And then the final, the final condition was that orgasm must be under personal control. So, so that orgasm should only occur when it resulted from an overflow of this basin of desire, which is really that sexual energy and how often this would happen is really left to the discretion, like how, how the individual would feel, but for the most part, it should be that energy should stay within the body. Okay. So how do you do this technique then? Okay. Let's get so, into it. Let's get into it. So Caretza begins with caressing. So that's where the word comes from. Uh, and verbal communication of words, maybe words like I love you, as well as lots of affirmations of beauty and goodness. And it's really the, like the key is that everything is really slow, really, really slow. So lots of touching. And then that moves into intercourse, which also really needs to be slow with lots of movements of still, uh, sorry, lots of moments of stillness, like maybe for minutes. So like you're having sex, but you're not moving. You're just like cuddling and holding each other. And the positions are really relaxed, maybe like lying side by side or on top of one another. Of course, I think everyone can tell, like we're just, we're talking here about like heterosexual couples, but it obviously could be adapted for same-sex couples as well. And the focus is really on unity and becoming one with your sexual partner in feeling energy and thought. Have you tried this? I have. It's nice. It's really nice. And I will, one of the things that I read, like I've, I've done it and it's really nice. Um, Although I've heard that if, and I have not done this, that if, you know, you really dedicate to doing like this being your only sexual practice for, let's say 30 days, Mm -hmm. some really amazing shit happens in terms of um, your bonding to the person that you're with and also just your, your heightened sexual experience. It can be quite incredible. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I see you got some more. Well, actual things that you can try to get the caretza going in your bedroom. So there are lots of, it's really about bonding behavior. So here's, here's some ideas. So smiling, especially when making eye contact, uh, lots of skin to skin contact, uh, giving unsolicited approval with smiles and compliments. Nice dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a possible one. (laughs) Uh, looking into your partner's eyes for a few moments, because actually, you know, it's really interesting how many people don't look into their partner's eyes when they're having sex. <clears throat> I do it. I like to make things weird with people and not many people can keep that eye contact yeah. for very long before looking away. Yeah. It's it's kind of amazing how we can be doing something with our bodies that is so like intimate and vulnerable, but looking at not look the at, eyes yep. is that's like next level for a lot of people. So yeah. This is a big part of this practice. Uh, listening to your partner intently. So like really listening, not just, you know. What? Yeah. <laughs> Practicing what you're going to say or not really listening. Um, silently forgiving yourself or your partner for errors or thoughtlessness. Synchronizing your breathing with your partner. 
So I, we've talked about that before. Yeah. <laughs> breath work and sex and synchronizing your breath is really powerful. Kissing your partner with your lips and tongue, cradling and gently rocking your uh, partner's head or torso. Hold or spoon your partner in stillness for at least half an hour. It's a long time. That's a long time. Yep. Um, making wordless sounds of contentment or pleasure in front of your partner. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was just giving me flashbacks to when we were making the fake porn sounds and it was like, they were really, it was like, ah. <laughs> a couple episodes ago. I can't remember, but <laughs> sorry, sorry. Squirrel moment. Keep going. We've got more. Yeah. Stroke your partner with the intent to comfort them. Uh, Massage, hugging your partner again with the intent to comfort them. Um, Lie with one ear over your partner's heart to hear their heartbeat. Suck or touch your partner's nipples and breasts. And finally, place your hands gently over your partner's genitals with the intention to comfort them. Let me cradle your balls, sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like very sweet and slow and intentional. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you just really want a really good fuck. And this is like, not that, but it's also amazing. Well, yeah. If you can find a partner that's into this and maybe you want to try something different with, uh, you know, your sexy times, I'd say it's worth a shot for sure. I mean, I think that it's going to have to be someone that you're totally comfortable with and trust. Otherwise, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a second. So, you know, one of the things that can happen in this is that, you know, so if you're having sex with um, a man and, and he might go soft, so you can just practice squeezing your, uh, your muscles just to kind of, yeah, keep him hard. And even if he goes soft, yeah, it's not, it's, it's fine. It's fine because actually what happens is over time you begin to kind of build more sexual energy in that capacity to stay like both of you aroused mm-hmm. lengthens and builds. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. So really unlike traditional sexual intercourse, the end goal of Coretza is not orgasm, but increased closeness with your partner. And there's an emphasis of not really of passion, but of love. That's sweet. Yep. It is really sweet. And Alice did it. <laughs> she did. She did. And, um, yeah, I think I uh, had a lot of success with her patients in teaching them this technique and, and probably saving a lot of marriages. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Like I just said that, you know, we need to change the way that we do things. This might be an intimacy builder. It's not something that you want to start with. Just like, <laughs> we've probably been not your we've one night stand kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe if any of you have done that, please let us know. Yeah. And did you keep them after that? Or yeah. <laughs> Cause I could see that, like, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I could see that some of these practices might be a little bit harder for certain men to do, especially the ones that were, you know, raised in an age of non-intimacy or having feelings or emotions and shit. So yeah, absolutely. And it certainly can be a tough sell, I think, for men and women to be like, what? I'm not going to orgasm. Like that's the point. And, and this is, that's not the point here. However, like I said, 
um, you know, from what I've read and uh, that, that couples that do this for extended periods of time, just have, they describe it as being so much more satisfying and electric and incredible than just kind of like your regular, I can't remember how long was the, how long was the average orgasm? 5.4 minutes. No, that's, that's how long sex is, but we talked oh. about the orgasm. Oh, like how long the average orgasm. Oh, yeah, is. sorry. I was like, holy like five shit. seconds was, or something. If I was already having an orgasm for five minutes, I wouldn't need to be doing this, uh, <laughs> this practice. No. <laughs> I'd probably I be working in porn and be super rich. <laughs> So, you know, you can find a lot of resources um, on the internet and maybe you want to read Alice's book. Maybe that's something that we revisit at some point. It'd be interesting to see some of her points, you know, like yep. from our previous reads of a woman's life. Yeah. So remember, you know, it was written in 1896. So the languaging is going to be different, but it's it's actually, I mean, think about how revolutionary it would have been to read a book like that at that time. Like, you know, there were no books. <laughs> you could no go shit. to the bookstore and find books on sexuality or like anything like that. Yeah. It'd be really interesting to see how it made its its rounds in popular society if it did, or if it was just shared with doctors or, you know, yeah. like maybe midwives, like, like she was, you know, she already had her book network that was out there. So you'd have to think maybe she was selling those door to door as well too. So yep. See screenplay writing itself. <laughs> it really is. Alice, come to us from the grave. Use us as a vessel to write your story. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, this is a pretty fascinating practice. I like it. Yeah, it is. It is. So just to, to round things up here, just a few, a few things. So, you know, we kind of talked about, um, you know, who would you do this with? Probably with somebody that you're feeling safe with, that you've had you know, some relationship with maybe. Um, and I think it's really important when you decide to do this, that you have some ground rules so that you kind of discuss like, what does the practice entail? Um, you know, how, how you're going to communicate through the practice, why you're doing it, like what's your intention. So remember, she really talked about having this ceremonial aspect at the beginning. So you can really, um, the two of you discuss why you're doing this and what you're hoping to get out of it. And then, you know, a Caretza practice could easily last like an hour or more, but just start short, like anything, you know, just start with something that's doable. So maybe you're going to try five minutes, you know, in your lovemaking of just the stillness and cuddling. Um, really important to debrief afterwards. That's something that I really recommend uh, always to talk about the sexual experience with your partner. Like, how was that? What was good? What would you like differently? What, you know, what did you feel in your body? You can learn so much about your partner and so much about yourself and improve your sex life just by communicating right after sex um, in, in that moment of what your experience was like. And then the big thing here is orgasming is okay. So even though that's the intention is to not orgasm, if you do, you don't fail. It's fine. <laughs> God damn it, Bill. I fucking <laughs> orgasm. Get out of the bed. <laughs> You're sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> The orgasm, the couch of shame. (laughs) I'll stay here in the wet spot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh 
lordy, lordy, lord. Well, you know, before we go down a complete bullshit rabbit hole like we <laughs> usually do. I mean, it's some of my favorite content. I won't lie about that. Maybe we should let you know that next time on the Radical Sex Witches, we're returning back to another of the shadow archetypes of the feminine, the virgin. As always, I'm little Leah. I'm Carla. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we will see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique radical sex witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.